Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Larry Kay, and I'm a recovered uh, compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, August 10th, 2016. Today we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are going to be revisiting page 89, starting with the uh, first paragraph. Uh, today's readers are, we have Leanne on the 12 steps, we have Nadia B on the 12 traditions, and the readers of the text are Hoodie R, Rachel NM, and Deb W. The reference number for yesterday, which is Tuesday, August 9th, is 8984. That's 8984. The OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive reading. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to compulsive overeaters who still suffer. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Let me now ask Leanne to read the 12 steps. Leanne? Good morning, everyone. This is Leanne N. from New York, the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all of these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Have a good day, everyone. I pass. Thank you, Leanne. Okay, let me now ask uh, Nadia B. to read the 12 traditions. Nadia? Good morning, everyone. This is Nadia B., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Connecticut. The 12 traditions of overeaters synonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. 
Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group are never endorsed by Nance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, least problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, Overeaters Anonymous as such ought to never be organized, but may, we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought to never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Yes. Thank you, Nadia. Okay, here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted and we're um, not using um, the uh, speaker phones. <laughs> Today, we're gonna resume our study of the big book and we are currently, we're revisiting page 89 again, the first paragraph, which is uh, starting with practical experience shows. And so now I'm gonna ask uh, Hoodie to begin our reading. Hoodie? Morning to you, Larry. Good morning. Um, my name is Hoodie R. And I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Israel. Chapter seven, working with others. Practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. It works when other activities fail. This is our 12th suggestion. Carry this message to other alcoholics. You can help when no one else can. You can secure their confidence when others fail. Remember, they are very ill. And... um here, you know, the first um, word, this is our 12th suggestion, and I see it in italics, and which is um, very interesting. But here I see that it's a suggestion that if I want to keep what I received, keep the 
keep this gift that that my higher power has given me, I must take action and do something. And um, it's a suggestion because, you know, we as addicts, or at least I, I don't like being told what to do. So carry this message to other alcoholics. You want to keep what you have? That's my responsibility now. Having had a spiritual relationship, um, having had a spiritual awakening, I now have an opportunity, a, um, a suggestion. If I want to keep what I have, I have a message. The program of recovery. Follow these. Do work. Work the program of recovery. These twelve steps. Carry this message. Where, where I was and what happened, and what I and what I'm like now as a result of the practice of the twelve steps. You can help when no one else can. You can secure the confidence when others fail. Remember, they are very ill. And um, I'm looking back to, in Dr. Opinion, where it says, for the emotional appeal seldom suffices. The message which can interest and hold these alcoholic people must have depth and weight. In nearly all, and um, yes, they must have depth and weight. I have a message. I have been through the ringer. I have had experience um, in the food, being in the quicksand, and having to be pulled out, um, pulled out, and I, there was no way, there was no way that I was able to come out of that, that alive. But I'm so grateful that I had, I pulled it through. I was, I was, um, I was healed um, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And I have a connection with my higher power. That day, it would never happen as a, um, on my own. And, um, you know, so when I carry this message, you know, I can speak what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. And um, and I must do that because ha- by working with others, it keeps me out of the delusion and denial and defiance of why I'm here. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Hoodie. So again, if you're just joining us, we are currently revisiting page 89, the first paragraph Hoodie just read. And who would like to share on what was read? Monica. Melissa. This is Bella. Can I share? Okay, I heard Monica, Melissa, Bella. There was someone that came in first, though. Who was that? Amy. Chris. Amy G. Amy. Uh, Amy. Monica. Melissa. Bella. Who else? Chrissy. Chrissy. Okay. Shannon else? S. Shannon, Shannon S. S. Shannon, 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 I got you. Who else? Thank you. <laughs> Anybody else? All right, let's go with that first group. So I got Amy G, got Monica, Melissa, Bella, Chrissy, and Shannon, Shannon, Shannon. Amy G, you're up. Good morning, Larry. This is Amy G, recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Woo, I feel special. I got in there first. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so grateful to be here. Great way to start the day. Thank you so much for your service. Um, practical experience, you know, ensures immunity. If we look back at the end of uh, the last chapter into action, it says, you know, faith without works is dead. And for us, faith is a spiritual one where we grow in our relationship with our higher power, our source from which we recover through the process of working this step, this source, this higher power. And, and part of that Spiritual maintenance. Remember, it says our recovery is contingent on the maintenance of a spiritual condition. And part of that is not just about prayer and meditation. It's about getting outside of myself, getting out there, 
being of service and carrying this message, not carrying the compulsive overreader, but carrying a recovered message to that. That's part of my acts. That's part of my works. That's part of my faith, and that's part of my spiritual maintenance. And it's so important for me to get out of my head and get out there. I mean, for me, why does it, I ask myself, why does it ensure immunity? Because as just was said, you know, it gets me out of my head and it gets me thinking about other people instead of thinking about me, myself, and I, because I know where that gets me, denial, delusion. I mean, there's nothing about being slapped sober by talking to a newcomer, you know, getting out and realizing no matter what's going on in my life, being able to carry a message to the still-suffering compulsive overeater. All of a sudden, I realize with gratitude what it is that I have and what I have the opportunity to do and to share with someone else. You know, it completely changes and transforms my thinking and where I'm at. It's about being restored to sanity. My immunity from compulsive reading is the freedom from the mental obsession. And that, when I talk to other people and I carry a message, I don't obsess. For me, that's why it ensures the immunity, because I stop the obsession. I stop the thinking from spiraling downward where I start to think in a crazy and insane way because I'm getting out of myself and working with others. I hope that makes sense. And this whole thing about being practical, practical experience means it's working on, it's doing it every day. And for me, practical is like, I mean, let's talk practicalities here. I know it's overwhelming to be a sponsor initially, and it's hard to do those things, but we don't do that in a vacuum. We have a recovered network upon which we can bounce things off of people. I always tell new sponsees, you know, we don't wing it. We, if we don't understand something, we can say no, and we can ask questions of other recovered people to get an appropriate answer to guide another, to guide a sponsee. And you know what? If you're not a sponsor, there's still a message to carry, which is this big book. It's not my message. Charles was saying it the other day. It's the big book message. If I don't have the message yet, I can take my big book. I mean, in my humble opinion, there's a lot more big books we can be bringing to these Overeaters Anonymous meetings. I need to bring myself to those meetings. And if I don't, if I'm not recovered yet, I can still talk to a number, a newcomer. I can still be a treasurer for a meeting. I can still hold a service position. I can do different things that will allow me and give me practice on becoming ready to then be able to be recovered and then carry that message. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. Okay, we have Monica followed by Melissa. Harmonica, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Vermont. So here we are working with others. And the principle for step 12 is service. So um, that's what we're going to be talking about. And this is our 12th suggestion. And as Hoodie has said here, it's in the squiggly writing. It's in the italics. And uh, I was always told that if, whenever I saw that little squiggly writing there, Monica, this is something that's very important. Our 12th suggestion. But this is what was striking me here today. Then we see capital C, carry this message to other alcoholics, exclamation point. That doesn't sound like much of a suggestion there to me there. I'm being told, carry this message to other alcoholics. And the other thing I wanted to say was, you know, this is not a new theme. They have been saying this to me from the very beginning of the, of the big book. And I went back and looked in the forward to the first edition to show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered. 
is a main purpose of this book. And this is the underlying theme it, throughout all the pages up to this point. You see it over and over and over again. They tell us to help others, go out and help others, to keep what you've got. You've got to share it with others. And like was just said, you know, we're a guide. The answers are in the big book. You're just guiding somebody through the process of working the steps. We're not their, their therapists. We're not this. We're not that. We're a guide. It's between them and God, and they do the work, and we're just guiding them through the process. So don't be scared to be a sponsor. You've done the work, and you have the experience. You can help. Why? Because you have the experience. I've been through it. I'm a real compulsive overeater. And if I'm connecting with another real compulsive overeater, you know, um, there's a click there. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much, uh, Monica. So we have Melissa next, followed by Bella. Melissa, good morning. Hi. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C. Recovers, compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, so many things are coming to my mind this morning. But um, one is when I um, – I'm like the queen of diets. My whole life I've done every single diet over and over and over and over again. And, you know, at the end of the diet, at the end when you sort of reached a goal, um, there was no um, there was no uh, charge to carry the message. It was like, okay, go out there and now be thin, because that was the ultimate goal for me. And, you know, it's no accident that I could never uh, consistently stay there because I was never arresting um my uh, my disease, I was never really treating it. Um, I was sort of putting a Band-Aid on it. And so I had no message to carry. And, um, you know, that is not what's happened here. And, uh, you know, um, the other thing is that I know so many people who are, you know, dieting all around me, who have um, who have plans to sell. You know, there seems to be no shortage of people in my world that are selling a shake, that are selling a program, that are selling magnets behind the ears and all sorts of craziness. And I mean, I know it as crazy because it never worked for me and I tried it. Um, but they're all looking to make a profit. They're all looking to make something out of my misery. And this is the opposite. This is what can I give as from my misery? Who can I help from my once pain? You know, now there's... Um, there's a gift that I have for other people. That's why this works. I mean, you know, when um, when I asked God, my higher power, please help me, help me, help me, part of me thought, why would God give, give a crap about helping me to stop eating? What is so important about that? This is what's so important about it because I can help other people now. I'm worthy of being helped because I have something to offer. I can show people you know what? I've been there. I have suffered like you. I have done probably everything that you've done, maybe more, um, and I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not living that way anymore. I have peace today. This is my whole charge now. This is what keeps um, me having no interest in the food anymore. I have interest in my fellowship here. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Melissa. Okay, we have Bella followed by Chrissy. Bella, good morning. Good morning. Thank you, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Larry, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. 
practical experience. And this is my recovery, to remember that, yes, today my recovery is based on working with others. And what does it mean working with others? Working with others means that I am in the same boat as you. It's not that I am better. It's not that I am smarter. It's not that I can tell you what to do because this is what it's written in the book. Working with others, it's because I have a practical experience. Yes, I was there. I understand you. Yes, I, we are in the same boat. With, when somebody, when a newcomer is telling me, yes, but it's hard, it's hard to do the steps, it's hard to do step four, yes, I understand because I was there. So I can share my experience, strength, and hope. It's not that I am giving over my ego message. It's not that I am giving over a message that I want to be a people pleaser or to show that, yes, I am perfect and, you know, I don't have my character defects. No, it's when I am working with others, it's a reminder for myself, yes, I was there. And, yes, for me it's a reminder by working the steps every day, one day at a time. Yes, sometimes I have to struggle with step one, with, you know, the control and to remember that I am powerless. Yes, and working with others, it's the practical experience. It's the everyday life. It's not something that the book says. It's something that I am experiencing. It's everyday life. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thanks, Bella. Okay, we have Chrissy followed by Shannon. Chrissy, good morning. Good morning. Hi, this is Chrissy, recovered compulsive overeater and anorexic from New Jersey. And when I was focused on on self, my world was so small, and with with all my thoughts focused on and motivated by what what I could get out of life, it was a really sad it was a really sad existence because it was everything was contingent it was all contingent on getting what i wanted and it was fleeting you know because it always there was always something more afterwards and i just had to plow through my day and i had to use whatever means possible in order to get what i wanted and it made me do things i wasn't i wasn't proud of I thought that was the only way to live. I really did. And then I came into the rooms and I I saw people giving to me without expectation of getting anything back. And it was, it opened up a whole new world for me. I didn't I didn't know people really lived that way. Could could choose to live that way and and I didn't realize what what benefit there was to myself and others in order to live, when living that way. And I don't think I ever really believed that even people that were nice, like say religious people or church people, people that were giving, I, I always was cynical about why they were doing it. And then when I came into 12-step programs, I started to learn, yeah, I mean, there, there's something we get out of it. We, we, it ensures immunity from, from us going back to our drug of choice. Yeah, it it does that. It does that, but that's like a byproduct um, 
an awesome byproduct. But really, it's the attitude change. It's the freedom from bondage of self that I get in actually caring about other people's recovery. You know, if I was the only recovered person in the world, it would be a very lonely place. I... I want I want to be able to have a community of fellows. I want to break free from isolation. I want you to join me on this trudging this road of happy destiny. And and for that reason, you know, I'm very motivated. I used to be motivated by just saving my own but, you know, to, to stay abstinent, but it changes. It really changes my from the inside out. Um I've been changed and I'm so grateful for that. So with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Chrissy. If everyone can mute their phone, if you are not Shannon, 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 would you please mute your phone? Shannon, good morning. Hello there. This is Shannon from Duluth, Minnesota. Um, The line, you can secure their confidence when others fail, really stood out today. Um, I remember when I had heard the stories of true compulsive overeaters. I mean, to the people that were at my same level where they had binged to the point where they had almost ruptured their stomach, or they probably should have been six feet under if it wasn't for the steps. Those are the only people that my hopes would even open up to. It was like I would hear their story, and it's like, wow, you go through this too, just like I've been through it. Because when I've gone to health practitioner, you know, whether it's been um, counselors, psychologists, um, doctors, I um, it was based on my perception, but I felt like since they're not a compulsive overeater, it was like I was a wild animal being studied and they were trying to figure out the solution for. It was like I was the Hannibal Lecter. Um, just of cupcakes instead of people. But anyways, um, I was I just felt like people were trying to study me and figure me out, but they didn't, they didn't have that same experience. So instead of being in the jail of compulsive overeating and having somebody look at me from the outside just trying to figure me out, a compulsive overeater was like the person that would come in that jail and sit right beside me and said, yeah, you know, I've been here. And you know what was the key to get me out was, was those steps. So let's see how we can help you work the steps to get you out of your own jail that you're sitting in. Um, but I've, I've heard people's stories where, um, you know, they have lost their businesses. They've almost lost their whole life. They've lost years of their lives too. But no matter how far down the line they have gone, Showing that the steps has gotten them back on track and now is in a very strong, stable point, that was the only thing that actually reconvinced me against my disease, who is saying the steps don't work, blah, 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 blah. Those are the only people that really, truly convinced me to get back up and try it again and keep going. Um, So the people that are, you know, recovered compulsive overeaters are the only ones that can restore their confidence when others fail. Um, so for the people that are recovered, we have something so valuable and so precious to share with people because um, we are the living testimony. Um, and like we are the only thing that will probably realistically 
give them the true, um, I guess, way to open back up to the steps, which is like the, the true solution. So I can't say how grateful I am to being able to go to the conventions and listen to people's stories or talk with recovered members one-on-one over coffee um, and hear their experience. And also this meeting every single morning where people say a little bit about their craziness and then uh, how the steps has untangled that craziness. That reconvinces me every day that recovery is worthwhile versus trying a new self-help book or getting back into the food. So with that, I pass. I'm grateful. Shannon from Duluth, Minnesota. Take care, guys. Thanks, Shannon. Uh, who else would like to share on what was read? Rachel W. Rachel, anybody else? Marie move on. Marie V. Anybody else? All right, we'll go with uh, Rachel and Marie V, and then we'll move on. Rachel, good morning. Okay, well, that was easy. <laughs> good morning, Larry. Okay. Thank you for your service. This is. Rachel W., Recover Compulsive Overeater, calling from New York. And I don't know, I'm feeling like, you know, what must it be like for a newcomer listening to this meeting right now? And, and I want to tell you that, yes, I am recovered today, but there was a time that I listened to this meeting, binging on donuts with crumbs on my chin, hearing everybody share and go, wow, they really, you know, they're onto something and just like reach for another donut, you know? And the miracle of this process is that I'm no longer just silently binging on this line. <laughs> I am you know, abstinent today, I'm leaning into the steps every day, and I'm talking to you as a recovered person working step 12. I, I think it's important for me to acknowledge and just to say it that it's a miracle what happens in this program, but it's also the result of taking each step as it comes and also surrendering to a process that, that, um, that, that, that allows me this recovery. You know, it's, it's not something that just comes on its own. And, and the idea, you know, what, what's really striking me as well is I, I know what it's like. I remember what it was like. I could tell you many situations of, of uh, you know, the chaos of binging that I experienced. Um, but to take that experience and to actually transform it into something useful is it, it, it gives purpose and meaning to the entire to my disease. You know, if, if I'm if I'm if I'm not doing these actions and working these steps, then I'm just sitting in unmanageability. I'm asking God, why, why, why? You know, how could you do this? You know, I, I'm binging with, you know, and and not and and not aligned at all. You know, and I'm just in, into self. You know, but when I when I recover and I'm in recovery and I'm picking up the steps and I'm picking up the the actions, the actions of doing this process, when I'm picking up that, it's giving, it's giving purpose and meaning to the entire struggle. That's the only way this addiction or any addiction, that's the only way that my addiction has purpose and meaning is when I'm in recovery and when I'm picking up these tools and when I'm picking up the steps and aligning myself. And, um, you know, just to say, like, to take someone, you know, I was not useless, useful at that time, you know, that I was in the food. And, and to, to think of myself as being useful now, um, you know, is, is amazing. It's just, it's such a blessing. And it's not only that, but it's keeping me abstinent, you know. And that's the other thing is I get, I get far more out of people um, sharing about their struggles, the way, the chaos they had and, and what they struggle with today and how they overcome it then when they sound like they're, they're done, you know, in the process. And I get, I get a lot out of everybody's share, but if I hear somebody that sounds finished, then I don't get as much out of it. And I try very much to keep my process 
um, my, my, you know, my experience on myself too, because I know that that's the only way that um, I can, you know, I can hear someone else is when I hear what they went through, the, the chaos they went through and that they overcame it through this process by surrendering and leaning into these steps. That's inspiring to me. And um, thank you so much for allowing me to share. Thanks, Rachel. I just thought I came here to get entertained. <laughs> I actually got to take these steps. What the heck? All right. Thanks, Rachel. Um, Marie V., good morning. Good morning, Larry. This is Marie V., a recovered compulsive eater in Southern California. And good morning to everybody else. And thank you, Larry, for your service. What a wonderful step. My God. This is how I learned to give. I was a selfish person that cared about nothing and nobody except myself. In the program, I've learned that to receive, I must give. And through this step, I've learned to give. I never knew that my past would help anybody else. And yet, I've opened my mouth, and the response that you get, you you gain people's confidence, and you share more, and they share more. For me, this is one of the greatest gifts and miracles of this program that you get to give. You get to give of yourself. You gain a purpose. You don't do, you don't perform the miracle. God does. But you get to watch them. You get to watch them recover. You see them come along. And the book talks about this is an experience we must not miss. How many have been many years in recovery? And how many people have I seen come in, get it, and like Lazarus, pick up their beds and walk again? I'm so grateful I haven't missed this experience. I'm grateful that I've learned to give. I had no purpose before. Today I have a purpose. This is my sole purpose. Number one, to stay recovered myself, and number two, to pass on whatever God has given me through this program. Thank you for allowing me to share, and thank you to everyone else for sharing. Thanks, Marie. Okay, we're going to move on to the next paragraph, and would Rachel N.M. read to us from page 89, the second paragraph. Rachel? Good morning. This is Rachel N.M. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive reader and anorexic. Life will take on new meaning. To watch people recover, to see them help others, to watch loneliness vanish, to see a fellowship grow about you, to have a host of friends. This is an experience you must not miss. We know you will not want to miss it. Frequent contact with newcomers and with each other is the bright spot of our lives. So I feel like I'm I'm new enough in recovery that I'm just I'm just beginning to see this paragraph come true for me. Um I had one of the people I helped through the steps start helping others a few months ago and it truly was a a great joy um to me. And I and also the watch loneliness vanish, that's a line that sticks out to me because that has really happened in my life. Um, I I think I was deeply lonely before I came um, through the 12 steps, and now I have um, more than one friend that I can call up and I can be perfectly honest with, and we have 
similar backgrounds, similar struggles that we've come through, um, and a similar solution. Um, and I'm very grateful for this and what God has done to the steps. And I'm excited to hear from others with more experience. And I'll pass. Thanks so much, Rachel. Okay, who would like to share on what was read? Nessa R. Katie G. Leah M. Tina S. All right, let's let's start there. We got Nessa, Katie, Leah, Tina. Nessa, good morning. Hi, good morning. Vision for you. It's Nessa R, a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, I like the beginning of this paragraph. Life will take on a new meaning because I, like everybody else, wanted to be happy. Um, and just to use the cliche, I was looking for happiness in all the wrong places. I thought I knew what would make me happy. You know, if I had everything I wanted, if life was just so, if everybody did things my way, if everybody aligned their values with my values, then not only I would be happy, but don't you know, they would be happy too. Um, you know, I thought that I could wrest satisfaction from life if only I managed well. And so I did that for decades and decades and decades. And the only thing that I managed um, to do was sink into misery and drag everybody else uh, down with me um, into that misery. And so that didn't work out well. And in recovery, I have learned that what truly brings me happiness and joy is to be of service to others, not only in program, but out of program. Um, of course, um, this paragraph here is referring to, um, to carrying the message. Um, but it's also being of service outside of, uh, outside of program, you know, like, um, you know, the, the most important demonstration of these principles is in our homes, our jobs, and, you know, our, our lives out there, you know, and how we live our lives. And just by uh, giving without demanding anything in return, without expecting anything in return, um, has given me so much more happiness than I could have even dreamed of. Um, it is uncanny. Um, and inside the room, just carrying the message, it's as, as, uh, astounding how many people in the rooms have never heard the message. You know, what is the problem? The allergy of the body, the obsession of the mind, what is the solution? A spiritual awakening. And what is the plan of action to achieve it? Um, I myself didn't know uh, what my problem was for the first nine years that I was in the rooms um, until somebody um, truly explained what the big book really meant, read with me the doctor's opinion, which I had never read. Um, and there's so much joy in just carrying this message and seeing sponsees recover um, it is such a joy, such a privilege. You know, who would have thought that in not doing for myself but instead doing for others, I was going to find the satisfaction and the happiness and the contentment that I had been looking for all along. Um, it's just, uh, I guess, counterintuitive and mind-boggling, but it's, it's wonderful, and I pass. Thanks so much, Nessa. Katie, you're up. Hey, Larry Kay. Can I be heard? You can. 
Awesome. Good morning, guys. It's KDG, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic, and Bulimic, calling in from Boston, taking a breath and setting my timer to see others recover is the bright spot of our lives. Um, you know, the miracle of Overeaters Anonymous is that this little girl who, you know, at age five, six, seven, eight, through the, you know, young <laughs> double digits I am now, I used to think I never belonged. I used to think I was the only one um, looking to food to fill me up, to make me feel better, and then looking to my body and punishing my body with anorexia and bulimia and laxatives and self-hatred and anything else that I could manage, and I had no place to go. And um, the thing with Overeaters Anonymous is that it's welcomed me. It's never kicked me out. It's always been my place to go. And I don't mean that you guys are um, my best friends, but you guys are my best friends. And <laughs> that what the heck am I saying? I'm saying that watching all of you walk through your life, who needs movies? Like seriously, watching, having my dear, dear, close, beloved people, my sponsor, my sponsees, like hearing them go from like, snot-nosed, messy crying in the food to snot-nosed, messy crying, making their amends and then laughing, you know, they're coming alive. They're coming alive. Like, I can't believe that it is happening. And I cannot, cannot, like, say anything except there's God, you know. And then I walk shoulder to shoulder with all of you, and I call you with my step tens, and, and you help me get my hand back in God's, and you help me remember Oh, hey, you can show up again. It's okay. You didn't, you didn't fall apart. You know, you showed up, you didn't eat, and you did your step work. And look at that. And, you know, um, there's, a, there's a writing in, um, in, in a recovery book I read that says, enjoy the busy life. And that's what we get to do. We get to see each other come alive and show up. I, you know, I have a job today that last year at this time, you know, I was going and exercising during that time, and you all helped me see that, no, KDG, that's not what you do. That's not how a recovered woman lives. And then a year later, you know, and um, I get to be surrounded by all of you. And, um, and because of this solution that we have, we are bound together, and it's, um, it's, more, than, it's more than friendship. It's a place of kinship um, like nothing else I know. I mean, I have friends outside of these rooms, but um, the the sisterhood and brotherhood that I have that keeps continuously over and over again reminding me like I'm a miracle we're all miracles that we're alive and um and there is a reason to live and it is God and it is the 12 steps and it is all of you and it is such a privilege to be with all of you for one more day doing it with you guys Thanks, Katie. Okay, we have Leah followed by Tina. Good morning, Leah. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. Uh, life will take on new meaning. You know, God has a job for us to do. Uh, you know, he's removed my, my obsession to compulsively overeat, so what am I going to do with it? Um, so, yes, I must carry this message, so, but even though I have to carry the message, it turns out that carrying the message becomes one of the most significant things that I do. And I have numerous roles in my life. You know, I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a daughter, uh, I'm a sister, 
I'm a friend, I'm a community member, but certainly carrying the message, um, you know, allows me to live in technicolor. I know I'm giving of myself without hope of reward or gain. You know, it's not a question of compulsive overeaters giving me anything. My stability, my richness of life, uh, this deep purpose and meaning that I receive comes out of trying to give, not out of demanding that I receive anything in this process of carrying the message. Those that I sponsor, you know, they're not medals that I wear or notches on my belt or objects to be possessed. You know, I I am doing it as a guide through this text. I care deeply for their personal and spiritual well-being, um, but it is miraculous to witness these very same steps that change my life transform somebody else's life. So when I'm going through the steps with somebody, I'm re-experiencing step one, the process of step two, three, four. I'm re-experiencing that process, and of course, as somebody else grows, I'm also growing. You know, the first 11 steps for sure uh, transform my life in very remarkable ways, obviously. But it's step 12. It's working with other people. It's uh, giving love without, you know, without any expectation of receiving anything back. It's giving time. It's giving energy. Um you know, I have absolutely no interest in power or personal recognition or personal success in this. But I have enormous interest in having influence. My text tells me we have recovered and have been given the power to help others. That's a very, very strong statement. So this is not about being power hungry in the least. I just have the opportunity and the capability to touch lives to touch lives. God uses recovered people. So I have been given a new life against all odds. I was supposed to self-destruct, but through this process of the 12 steps, particularly step 12, I'm given purpose to help carry the message. I'm given recovery by living better because I'm forced to live better by following these principles uh, that allows me to live on a more elevated level. I'm given a vision to help others and to be in harmony with others and God's vision and been given a community. We know we have a fellowship that thrives on helping one another. So this is sacred work. It heals others, and at the same time, it heals myself. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Leah. Okay, we have Tina. Tina, good morning. Good morning, Larry, and, and everyone on the line. Tina S. Compulsive Eater in Florida. Wow, what a great meeting this morning. I uh, love this paragraph. You know, what a promise. What a promise. Uh, certainly never came here looking for the title of this chapter, Working With Others. That's not why I came here. And the transformation today is this is why I stay. And, uh, you, know, I, you know, I remember early on before working the steps, I, people read this in a meeting. And like I said, you know, I, I didn't like the title of the chapter, so I heard bits and pieces. And, and I thought, well, this really sounds pretty good, you know, really sounds pretty good. And, uh, but, you know, I didn't want to really take any action. And today, the meeting, you know, it, there's no other word. It's, it's exhilarating. You know, it really is. You know, when, when it's read today, when, uh, when it was read, I felt this glow, you know. And, and, and I get emotional when I think about this because, you know, this is not me years ago, you know. And it, and it is me today on a good day. Let's put that. You know, on a good day. You know, it, it's my reality today, you know. 
And, and, and the only reason, and I have to say this, and it's the only reason, and the only reason is because of a power greater than myself and me doing the work. You know, I cannot get this thing by osmosis because I tried. Let me just tell you, I certainly tried. You know, I don't want to do the work unless I'm pushed to it. And, and I'm glad I was, you know, because I, was, I kept getting what I was getting, and I certainly did not want that. And so today, you know, I, I really like what I'm getting. So I'm going to continue to do the deal and love this line. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Tina. Hey, we got time for a couple more shares here. Who's up? Charles H. Charles. Lonnie P. Penny C. All right, we're going we're to keep it with uh, Charles and Lonnie and Penny for now, just to make sure we get in. Hey, Charles, what's up? Hey, good morning, Larry K. Thank you for your service, bro. Charles H., a recovered composable reader. Great, great chapter um, to let the cat out of the bag. We're going to hear a lot of conditions in this in this chapter and the pages coming forward, but I just got to say this, and I got to keep it 100, that uh, working with others only work when others work with others. Meaning, um, I was looking at uh, page 263, he sold himself short with that first tenant, complete deflation. You know, when an individual gets to that point, then um, with that willingness, then um, they'll be uh, more receptive, especially after getting burned on that hot stove constantly. And, you know, um, yeah, it works. I, I went to a – me and my protege went to a meeting after work yesterday, and it was the Seventh Tradition meeting, and there was a young lady sharing. And she was like, uh, you know, I brought some friends to my, my, uh, my mother's house, and, you know, they, they, they really were not uh, great guests, and I binged. And I, but it was all right. I get to come back today. And I, and I pulled her up, and I was like, you got some newcomers here, man. You can't be carrying. That's not the message. Hopefully that's not the message in OA. But I know that's not the message in a big book. And it was a big book meeting. Very frightening. We got to go out into this world as recovered people and, and you know, and, and, and make unpopular. You know, it's unpopular because people want to hear the, the therapy. They want the group therapy, but that's not the message. The message is we don't have to pick up one day at a time. That's the message. You know, if we got complete deflation, and I don't want to go on much further because I want to hear everybody else. I just wanted to say, you know, if, if you're completely depleted and you have a message to carry to somebody, then go ahead and uh, carry that message of, of the 12 steps as it's laid out in this big book. Thanks, Larry, and I pass. Thanks, Charles. Okay, we got Lonnie followed by Penny. Lonnie, you're up. Uh, it's actually Ronnie, uh, Ronnie P. Oh, That's Ronnie, okay. Ronnie, thanks. Larry. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks, everybody. Good morning. Ronnie P., recovered compulsive overeater in Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, one of the coolest things, um, you know, like when I look back on uh, relapses I've had, they happened because I did not work with others. I just didn't. I thought um, once I got through step nine, I was good to go. And uh, I didn't live in 10, 11, and 12, but working with others has been so wonderful. Um, I also have had to let go of feeling responsible for whether or not they, quote, get the program. They either do or they don't. That's not up to me. They've got their own higher power. This is America. They can choose what they want. But working with them still helps me so much. And oftentimes working with people who uh, stay in their disease or go, go off the rails, 
sometimes I think that my higher power puts them there for me so that I really see uh, what life used to be like and what is waiting for me if, you know, if I'm not vigilant and accepting of the fact that I have a disease that's as real as diabetes or heart failure or anything else. Um, and uh, I have a couple sponsor, a couple sponsees now who are in, living in beautiful recovery, and they are helping others. And that is that's amazing. Uh, one of my sponsees, I feel not that I'm keeping score, but I feel like she sort of leapfrogged past me in terms of insights and new ways of working the program and new ways of working with others. And um, God, what a joy! Um, so, and and I can't even believe that I'm sitting here speaking as someone who is recovered. And that uh, now become, I've become one of the people who I turn to. Uh, I've become one of the kind of people who I turned to a few years ago when I started listening to this program and just realized that I needed to get back to basics, which I didn't even know were basic. Tuning into this uh, phone meeting, and uh, that's a miracle. So, uh, just grateful for today. Really, really grateful for everybody's service, and thank you to Larry. And I pass. Thank you, Ronnie. Hey, Penny, can I have Penny for your thoughts, Penny? (laughs) (laughs) Um, When I get to see you, I'll tell you all the cute things that have been remarked when people hear my name. Uh, This is Penny C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Boston. And, um, oh, my gosh, a few months or maybe just several weeks ago, um, when Leah called and asked if I would want to participate in a panel for a special edition talking about our favorite part of the big book, or she put it, a part that you might you know, feel passionate about, it took me less than five seconds to say, this is it, these first two paragraphs of Chapter 7. And, and I, I'm, always, I'm always just um, um, filled, filled with the Spirit when I read and realize that I've been part of this. First, I've got the responsibility now that God and other folks have helped me to to gain this recovery, but to see, to watch people recover, I've had the privilege of watching that and and to see them help others and to see them actually get a whole new life. And then it dawns on me that other people got to watch me. Isn't that wonderful? And and this keeps going. It's generation of generation after generation. If those of us who continue to to spread this program, get to see recovery, and um, and that you know um, you must not miss it. Don't. I'm so glad I didn't miss it. Just yesterday, I was at a face-to-face meeting, and I'm I'm going to make a pitch for you know if if, if you can get to face-to-face meetings. Uh, the, these telephone meetings are wonderful, but, um, you know, there's a lot more people out there that don't listen to these meetings and, and need what we have to give them. But I was at a meeting, and the woman who led was a protege of mine. I took her through the steps, and when I listened to her, and I just thought, I kept saying, God, thank you, God. This is the true miracle that we talk about her whole demeanor, her whole attitude, 
what she had to say was was so far from what she was just um few years ago and it's it's just wonderful and amazing and I'm so happy I had a chance to talk this morning. God bless everybody. Thanks, Penny, and, and thank you to everyone who has shared. Uh, please hang around and join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Uh, we will close now from a reading of the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And let me ask good old Deb W. from Oklahoma to read page 164. Deb, <laughs> good morning. Thank you, Larry. Good morning to you, too. This is Deb W. Recovered in Oklahoma. Our book is meant to be suggested only. Um, we realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass with him, oops, excuse me, for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand. God, admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.